When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School, on the road edition, on the road again. Hey, Joe. Hi, Joshua. We're on the road. We are on the road. We are uh, traveling up to Los Angeles. Ah, Angeles, Los Angeles. I don't know why I said it that way. Sorry. I don't know either. It's okay, though. Uh, but yes, we are on uh, on our way to uh, to a... Uh, we're recording another episode, a little special interview that you'll you'll know all about later uh, this in September. So you have to wait on that. Yes. I'm not going to spoil it yet. Uh, but uh, we are uh, back uh, today just uh, to, to to check in with y'all. And then in the second part of our episode, we're going to be joined again by Jay to discuss uh, ginger snaps in our continuing werewolf werewolf the werewolf. <laughs> Uh, segments. What, what am I trying to say? Uh, series. Series. Unit. <laughs> Unit on werewolves. Yes. Uh, but so, Joe, what's been going on? What's happening? Oh, it's been a really busy month. Busy month. Pride. We had uh, Comic Con. Um, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, this month has been a monster. Uh, yeah, you actually went to Comic-Con. I did not. Um, I could not get tickets and um, also people. Lots of people. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> you probably would not be happy at Comic-Con. There's too many people, lots of witnesses. You wouldn't, you wouldn't like it. <laughs> lots of witnesses. You know, I would like to be there. I, I'm hoping that Fright School, we will have a booth one day, and we, yes. will, we will be there to, to see people and to do the Comic-Con we'll stuff. The panel will we'll be, you know, will be those people with the recording on the floor. Yeah, we're putting it out to the universe. Uh, I am, I'm here for that. But it is. It's a lot of people. It gets really, really busy. Uh, but this year, we did have the pleasure of helping out our dear friend Matt from Horror Movie Night at the Geekscape booth for a bit. We uh, kind of helped carry a box in and then got to hang out with those guys for the rest of the night and that was a lot of fun yes shout out to Geekscape uh, yeah, that's Jonathan Jonathan and um, everyone else there the lovely team um, that's where I met Matt Joshua you met uh, you um, you got to see the exact location where I met uh, Matt many years ago and through that connection at Comic Con we ended up at Monster Mania and the Jersey Ghouls and, you know, Scott and Kyle and Brian and all them. So. All them. All those folks. All those folks, <laughs> you know, from from my nerd, from my nerdness at that Comic-Con that year. Hey, you know, you, you got you get out there, Joe. You talk to people. You're good at that. Um, 
but yeah, no, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. We got to hang out and uh, you know, get caught up. It was good to see Matt. We hadn't actually physically laid eyes on him since uh, was that March that we went? Yes, to, it yeah, was. it was a while ago. Um, yeah, so that was really fun. Good times. What, what did we... We went out... Oh, we went to... What was that bar called? Oh, Coin-Op in San Diego in downtown in the Gas Lamp. Yeah, that was fun, actually. I, I had a good time while I was there. I don't play video games, video games, but they're, they were playing Lost Boys on the TV, so that was fun. Yeah, they had a lot of fun, like, 80s-ish movies. and You know, it's Comic-Con, so they were playing all that stuff. They play, We walked in, they were playing Willow. Oh, that's right. I forgot. It Was the Princess Bride playing? No, Prince- no, it was... One of the screens had Princess yeah, Bride, okay. and then, then as we were leaving, it was Lost Boys. Ah. There we go. It wasn't as we were leaving. Lost Boys played for a good chunk. We were there. Oh, then we were, then maybe it was Princess Bride. When we were I leaving. don't know. It, whatever it was. The food was very good. I recommend the bar if you're in San Diego, or if you're downtown visiting and want to go hang out somewhere, hit yes. up the coin-op. Yeah. <laughs> the bathhouse burned down, so if you don't have anything to do, you can... Just come back to come back and play video games, play pinball. These are um, what non-paid advertisements. Yes, these are non-paid. <laughs> this is unsolicited, unsolicited ads. <laughs> yes, we are not. We are. We are not. Um, oh shoot! What's it called when you're a not sponsor? Oh, we're freelance. We're, uh, we're, I don't know. I don't know. They're not or, giving us anything. No. For it, affiliate. So. We are not affiliates of, yes. <laughs> of the bathhouses in San Diego or Coinop. Yes, exactly. Uh, but if they would like us to be, we'll we'll take the check. Yeah. <laughs> we love a good check. Uh, what have you been watching? Um, what have I been watching? Um, non mostly non-horror stuff. Uh, yeah, good. I did finish season three of Stranger Things. Oh, uh, I haven't yet. I'm, I'm going to very soon. Um, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. It was really gory and graphic. And for anybody who, you know, is like, oh, Stranger Things is super scary and they couldn't handle, like, seasons one and two, you definitely won't be able to handle season three. <laughs> awesome. So, I love that. Yeah. Um, but I love the entire the entire season's texture and color is just great. And I love it. And, I think that season two was like the the lackluster of the three, so I'm really happy that we stuck with it and you know made it to this next story. And it'd be curious to see how they're going to project it forward. Yeah, I love all these. Um, there's all this like commentary of like the Winona Ryder problem. You know that that the next year it's gonna like suddenly hit where she's like in Beetlejuice and doing all the you know she's rising as like a star in this world yeah uh, the real Winona Ryder and so um, I'm enjoying reading those articles because you do wonder like it's got to be sort of surreal for her you know like what if the marquees next time you know are it's like Beetlejuice or Heathers or well actually I'm not sure what year Heathers came out uh, but it, regardless like this time frame like Winona Ryder was very you know she was getting big you know as, as a star and, and, and starring in some you know incredible 80s uh, films so it makes you wonder uh, you know yeah. what it's like for her. You know, operating in this world that she was where such she was, a part of creating the zeitgeist. Like a young, she was like a young actress, and now she's playing like you know she's like probably the age her parents were at the time. Yeah, maybe I'm, so, I'm not sure. Oh, well, we don't know. But. but she's so like her films have been influential on Stranger Things. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, and other you know things that are are. Uh, 
based on the 80s or, or people that are uh, creating art about the yeah. 80s and experience in the 80s. So, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting conversation. So, yeah. I'm, I am curious to see as they continue on if they'll do little uh, Easter egg type things mm-hmm. that involve her. I'm uh, very excited. Uh, one thing that I did see uh, is that Ryan Murphy, um, you know, our our horror our horror godfather, uh, Ryan Murphy posted a bunch of uh, like screen test test shots of the new cast for American Horror Story 1984. Yeah, I saw that too. Well, yeah, he posted them in segments, but if you go on YouTube, it's all one big piece. Yeah. Um, which I think is interesting if, 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 uh, on a couple of levels. One, I really enjoyed, like, you know, this 80s vibe that they're doing. But because of the way that they used it as if it was a screen test, it does give me a little bit of pause of, like, maybe some of the theories out there that the show is not actually set in 1984, but it's on a movie set making a film about the 80s. Ah, uh, well, I mean, that's it's kind of has those Roanoke vibes, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it could be it could be those kind of Roanoke vibes where it's not necessarily like half the season is the show and then the other half of the season is like the real people dealing with the effects of what happened on the show. Yeah. Um, it'll be curious to see how he changes that up. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm curious. Uh, I, of course, I'm totally here if uh, Ryan Murphy finally wants to give us uh, a slasher season. And, you know, that's such a, a, a massive part of American culture. American horror uh, is is the slasher. And so if he wants to do just a straightforward 10-episode, you know, slasher season, hey, I'm here for that. I also am here for the twist. I'm here for whatever they do. You know, yeah. not every season is great or wonderful by any means. Um, you know, some are better than others, but I always just enjoy seeing those little hints at other films, you know, the homage that gets paid. Um, you know, I always can find something about every season that I really enjoy and that I, that I continue to see this like thesis on, on American horror and what it is and, you know, where we've come from and where we're going. So, you know, I'm here for it, whatever, whatever he wants to do. Awesome. Um, let's see. Not well, kind. Of, I mean, I don't know. Game of horror, Game of Thrones, Game of Horrors. <laughs> game, game of. That's horrors. our government right now. Game of Horrors. Yes. Uh, game of Thrones. I just finished the seventh season. We're about to start the eighth and final. We got uh, five episodes to go. How do you feel? Um, you know, I'm glad that it's it picked up a little bit of steam in the last uh, in season seven. Season six really dragged for me. Uh, I, I have. There's been a few times I'm almost given up on it. Like, uh-huh, it's just. You know, maybe I'm not going to watch this anymore. Uh, but Jeffrey's really dedicated to finishing it, so if he's going to watch it, I'll sit and watch it with him. Um, I, I, I like where we're at. You know, it was yeah. fun seeing at the end of season six, uh, Cersei blowing up the Sept. Yes. That was very cool. Uh, and finally, she did something after drinking wine at a window for yes. a million years. Uh, <laughs> she, which she still did. Well, yeah, but exactly. in celebration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, season seven, I, I I post on Facebook just you know Viserion with a bunch of sad faces because I was sad that he died, uh, but then he was resurrected, yes. and I kind of like him better uh, in a way. I'm like, look at him, all blue and with his blue fire and burning down the wall and marching the army of the dead end. Uh, which right now, after that like tense meeting, you know, amongst everybody, which was kind of cool. That was neat to see all this, all oh, the, the dragon pit. Yeah, yeah, how they brought all these different. Um, 
storylines all crashing together and everybody hates each other and everybody, you know, is plotting against the other and it's all bold, like right out in the open. I, I really kind of appreciate that. Like Cersei, like, you know, you all want to uh, unseat me, you know, why should I join you? And they all have, you know, this conversation. I really enjoyed the tenseness of that and the, um, the tenuous grasp on it, a truce, <laughs> which, yes. you know, it's like, sure. Okay. We're all going to truce and we'll kill each other after we kill the dead. And then immediately Cersei's like, fuck them. Let's run away. I thought that was lovely and brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, after that, I'm like, well, I'm kind of here for the army of the dead. Like let them take everybody. Like, fuck it. Let the night King win. Uh, these people suck. Uh, <laughs> Let's remake the world. Yeah, just whatever. Um, the one true God, death, uh, yes. comes for us all. It's guaranteed. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, otherwise, I, you know, I don't really know who I'm rooting for um, when it comes to all of this. You know, I, I don't know. That's why it's like seeing kind of the dead marching in. I'm like, well, that's everybody's future. So maybe just, you know, let yeah. them take over. <laughs> Highlights of season seven for me were the return of Gendry, like, you know, right. finally not on a boat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, made it back to Fleet Bottom. Return of Gendry and the death of Littlefinger. Yes, that was very nice. Uh, it was a nice little twist because you didn't really expect it coming in a way because he's so, he's so slippery. Yeah. You know, and he's in there like, you know, it's his like machinations that have created so many of the, the so much of the conflict over the entire series. Yeah. Uh, so for him to kind of be uh, you know, his own scheming is so, the end of him. Exactly. And the fact that I think the best part of it, I saw this meme went right when it was released when I was watching it live, that he, um, like the best part is that he didn't get a chance to finish. He didn't get the chance to have the last word. Right. He, he was like cut off, mid, cut throat mid-sentence. Like, okay, we're done hearing from you. Like, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice, and to have Arya do it, it was just really, it was really, really With nice. With that little, dagger too. Yes, I know. Brought it. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I was here for it. Uh, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to finishing it up. Uh, I have sort of been spoiled just because you know the internet, um, but I'm curious to see how we get where we get. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I, I do want to finish it out. You know, five more. Five more episodes, you know, six, seven more hours, I guess. Because they're longer, aren't they, in the fifth season? They're longer, yeah. yeah. So they're like little movies. Each one is like a little movie. Yeah. So I'm, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, to wrapping it up. Otherwise, anything else going on? Pride was fun, yeah. We, Pride uh, was fun. We're less than 100 days away from Halloween. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, God. Everybody's got their Halloween stuff out already. There's so many stores. Jeff and I, it's, we just haven't had time, but we're going. We're going soon. We're going to start buying everything. Oh, I everything. Wait. cannot wait. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Halloween this year. You're not coming to the party because you're lame and want to go to some wedding. I'm going to a wedding. I know it's homophobic because they're straight, but whatever. That's <laughs> I love that. Can we do that now? Like, oh, your wedding is so homophobic. You're having a straight wedding? How <laughs> dare you? Yeah, you're excluding. How dare you have a straight wedding the weekend of Joshua's very queer Halloween party? Right. Hello. Ugh. Actually, my Halloween party's not too queer. Well, I mean, you're there. So. Right. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be fun, though. Bark at the moon. We're gonna do werewolf stuff. I love that. Yeah, I'm very inspired by our werewolf uh, by our werewolf series. So, yeah. On that note, I guess um, we'll uh, take a quick break, and we'll be back with Jay and uh, the 
hilarious and gross. <laughs> ginger snaps. Yes. Yes. The very menstrual. The very menstrual ginger snaps. Yes. Uh, here we go. Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm here, too. We are the Jersey Ghouls, a horror podcast based out of the Garden State. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Marissa's scholarly conversations. By the way, if you Google psycho female, you definitely don't get the name of the actress from Psycho. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Nate's thrilling debate. Why? Why are you so resistant against because it? Because don't, don't you start. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Jackie's love of 80s slasher movie, Topless Seat. Whoa, Jackie, this is a feminist podcast. I know. I'm a woman. And as a woman, I appreciate a nice set of jugs. Okay, but you shouldn't call them jugs. Hooters? Bazungas? Tatas? Dirty pillows? I, I like boobs, too. Can, can I call them fun bags? No! We're the Jersey Ghouls. You can find us on social media by searching Jersey Ghouls on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also find our blog and podcast on our website, jerseyghouls.com. All right, welcome back. I'm so excited. We are going to... Take a deep, long dive into Ginger Snaps, 2000 Canadian horror film. Look at us. We're getting out of the continent, you know, the United States. And yes. Going to our northern It's very friends. polite, this film. <laughs> right. Sorry. Yes. Uh, yeah, sorry lots of stories. Um, yeah, so it, very interesting film about two um, uh, long-lost relatives of mine, clearly. Um, <laughs> these uh, two. Yes. These two very macabre sisters. Two very macabre sisters of the House um, of Napier, yes. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, Bridget and Ginger Fitzgerald. And so they're real macabre, like to uh, stage uh, death scenes uh, to as, as photography projects. I enjoy that. Suicide being a, 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 you know, central a major theme. <laughs> central yeah. theme. And uh, yeah, one gets attacked by a werewolf. And hilarity ensues. No, uh, Joe. As always, let's uh, let's start with what 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 you thought. Did you enjoy this? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, it's nice when it's nice when the metaphor is super obvious, <laughs> but it's also really cool. Like when you have these really great practical effects, yeah, and good performances all around. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Good pick, everyone. Good yeah, pick. this was a great choice. This was Jay's choice, uh, uh, as we um, like to have on the show. You know, when when you when you come on, you pick a movie to talk about. Uh, I am definitely disappointed in myself that I didn't see it sooner. Um, I'm not a. I just never really been heavy into werewolf stuff. I mean, that's just the thing. I, I guess it's because I'm not a dog person. You already Sorry. acknowledge the darkness within you. You don't need a. <laughs> you don't need like an entire trope. This is at, true. At a school of thought about like, oh, the anguish that you feel with the darkness inside of you. You've embraced <laughs> it. This is true. Uh, but no, I don't. Yeah, I just I, I've never been a big werewolf fan, and you're so also I'm, a vampire. So, right. Well, that's know. the thing, and we're you can't mortal. Have it all. We're mortal. Yeah. You're mortal enemies. But. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I yeah, again, I, I wish I would have seen it sooner uh, in, in its entirety. I've seen lots of clips from it throughout the years, and it does get brought up a lot in feminist discussions of horror. So I'm, I'm definitely kind of familiar with the periphery and you know some of the culture and art around it. 
or um, analysis around it. Uh, but I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It had, you know, some actually legitimately really good scares. Uh, I like the design again. I agree with you. Practical effects. Awesome. I love practical. I love puppets. I love, you know, um, which it looked like mostly a puppet, not so much a man in a suit all the time, which I like. There was, it was definitely a man in a suit for part of it. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. 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 But there was also some nice puppetry work. Uh, so yeah, and I, good prosthetics. I, I think like yeah. the slow transformation of Ginger um, before her full transformation was was nice. It was a slow plotting, but you could see um, the gradual accumulation of like monstrous attributes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, Ginger is played by Catherine Isabel, who we saw in American Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I really like that the 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 slow. Build like with her nails and the teeth, you know, the just kind of hinting. And yeah, the, like the body changes. It had a lot of that really great, like you know, uh, forehead face makeup of early two yeah. thousands. Oh yeah, you know, very like Buffy WB. Inspired. Exactly, very Buffy, very uh, demons uncharmed. You know, just had that really great, uh, that that really great. Whatever trope. that prosthetic they all used on their eyebrows, mm-hmm. she definitely got to rock that. Which is like, as a teenager in the two thousands, in, in in like the late nineties, <laughs> early like two thousands, I'm it. like, that is what sexy monsters look like. That's what you need to be a sexy monster <laughs> right. is a is a Klingon eyebrow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, had the very well timed Halloween party, which we talked about. Yes, you know, because convenient Halloween to hide a growing disfigurement. I love it. Yes, there's nothing quite like it. In fact, Joshua, your next Halloween party, maybe I look a little different. Maybe. I'm, I'm here for that, Joe, if so. If, no if you become a werewolf, I'll love that. I mean, if I became a werewolf? Yeah, if you became a werewolf. We'd be mortal enemies. You're a vampire. I'm a werewolf. But it would prove that werewolves exist, and that's kind of exciting to me. You know, if that well, kind of right. thing happened. That's you, right. You want things to be yeah, real. Yeah, I'm 100% for it. I mean, you might kill us, but I'll be like, ah, werewolves. At least there was something. Yeah, there was, some, there was something magical, mystical beyond this horrible existence. <laughs> blah world you know with no flying monsters or werewolves or mermaids um yeah mermaids they don't exist so quit fighting over their race oh my, oh my god. gosh i want to see that mermaid movie i just remembered that creepy one. Oh, the siren yeah. yeah i gotta see that that's uh, a different that's a different body horror sisters yeah. movie different totally different but uh yeah anyways so into Ginger Snap. So this was your pick. Why, why did you want to talk about this one so much, Jay? I wanted to see this. This was a movie that I I was obsessed with, and it's an actual it's an actual official like uh, horror movie trilogy. There's a sequel, uh, Ginger Snaps Two Unleashed, which is a direct sequel to this film, and then there's a sort of prequel prequel version that's uh, Ginger Snaps Back. Uh, that takes place in like the 17th century. It's like called the beginning. Colonial, or colonial Canada. They're like in a fo- the, the sisters show up in a fort, and it's all the same actresses. And Ginger snaps back. Yeah, the beginning. It's it's <laughs> so good. It's so that's like the real gothy one. Like as as gothy and, and macabre as this one was, that's really like the goth porn version of this film because it's so <laughs> there's so many fabrics. Ah. It's snowing. So many fabrics. There's like <laughs> wooden torches and knowing look and like fitted costuming it's it's fantastic i'll watch oh. it with you some other time but um i i liked this movie a lot it came out in 2000 so i was like 15 16 years old which is the same age of the, as the characters in this film and they're like weird social rejects i was a weird social reject with like bad bushy long too long hair at the time and with so hermione I, hair with her i had my hermione. Own hermione hair at the time and 
um, I saw it like the like a banana video on like Baltimore and La Mesa, which is like the video store we went to. And I saw like this film with my friend. We'd go like every weekend, rent whatever movie we saw, or you know whatever was there, see it, whether we liked it or not. We saw it. And we're like, oh, this is this is good. I like this a lot so much that, that I still own it on DVD, even though I don't own a DVD player anymore. And I probably saw it 15, 20 times when I was in high school. I love that you brought it on DVD. It was so wonderful. And it was like <laughs> the old DVD where the only option, like the only special feature was a trailer. Yeah. no, del- There's not a single deleted scene nothing. or commentary nothing. track, nothing. Just here you go. And look, we added the trailer, which at the time, I mean, you know, couldn't just go to YouTube and look it up, probably. Well, yeah, how else would I mean, you see the trailer? No, not yeah. at that time. Not at that time, yeah. So, hey, I, I, I like that. It felt very classic, like opening, I'm putting, I'm putting the DVD in. Because I had found it. It's on Amazon Prime, I think, streaming as part of the Prime. You don't have to pay for it. Well, in it, you don't pay more for it. Uh, so I had it all ready to go on there. And then you brought the DVD. I'm like, we're totally going to watch it on the DVD. Hell I wish yeah. we'd had a VHS. Yeah. That would have been fun. <laughs> oh, my God. I might have taped it on Showtime at some point. Maybe. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, can I ask a personal question? Yeah. Uh, is this the film that brought your sexual awakening? <laughs> is it your root? <laughs> is it my root? Um, <laughs> <Is> it, <laughs> it was definitely happening. I don't at know the if I get time. that reference, but but yeah. But I'm a cheerleader. Yes. I, I think that like subconsciously it had a lot to do with that. I mean, because I mean, it's the subtext of this. I mean, it's it's about you know puberty and becoming a woman, but at the same time, how dangerous that is. How dangerous and coming into your sexuality. And there's a lot about it that I look back at and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, okay. There's a, you know, like I definitely had interest in this movie because I was seeing people that I related to, but also seeing people that I was attracted to mm-hmm. and seeing a film that was about them and well done. And the outside characters weren't the plot line that wasn't the narrative, that wasn't the focus. Like any like males they were associated with were completely to the side. Right. And they were only there their, in service. It was about of their, their relationships. Yeah. So I could fully invest in seeing that and not see anything that, like, as like a little budding homosexual would like turn me off or upset me even though I wasn't like fully conscious of, of what I was experiencing yet because I mean at the time I was like having those, those moments where I like I think I'm thinking these things but then we would be like nope nope it's too horrible it's too scary like that I can't deal with the idea like what would be being gay what would that mean who would I be yeah, if yeah, I were yeah. gay yeah. you know that's too scary that's too real so I'm just gonna push it all down and save it for later and you grew up here in California yeah okay yeah, East, just, East County, not far from here. Okay, the whole time. Yeah. All right, just just have context Woo-woo. for where you grew up. You know? Local yokel. <laughs> or I love townie. that. Yes, uh, we's a townie. I did. Mm-hmm. Hey, I like it. I'm just curious because, like, I grew up in Ohio, where it was, you know, uh, it, it, very difficult. You know, kind of navigating the queerness, the queer world. You know, so I don't. I think there's sometimes this illusion or idea that like, oh, you live in California, it's so left leaning, and it must be so easy to grow up gay here. But I mean, mm. I don't think that's true. And it, you there know was a I mean? GSA at my high school, but I was, I was, I had legit homophobia. Like I was terrified of the gay kids like I didn't want to make eye contact with them. I didn't treat them poorly or yeah. make fun of them but I avoided them and I didn't want to make eye contact because like I had this like extreme paranoia and fear that like they would see something on me and while I couldn't see that as me being like well you're one of them duh they would know they would know and and I wouldn't go to Hillcrest I would always keep my eyes straight never look out of the window because I just I if I if I got seen for who I was I, I didn't know that I would still be there you know like i might just disappear because it's just it was too scary otherwise sister is that you yes <laughs> kindred spirit in this yeah. regard as as also a young 
East County kid as well mm. that grew up and like also had a GSA that did like the Day of Silence, but as an ally. Right. <laughs> you know, like that did everything with the GSA as an ally. When the, and the couple of kids that were outrightly out, they I saw them get bullied. I saw them go, go yeah. through things and yeah. I said, um, no, thank you. I'm going to continue to be invisible because that's way easier, even though it was ultimately much more painful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, I saw, because they were... They're the kinds of kids where it's like you, they can't control. To, in order to live an authentic life, you cannot. You you're choosing authenticity over safety, right? Because that's what it is when you're visibly queer. You're choosing authenticity over safety. So at that point, it's the they're doing that and seeing them do that and just me being me or not being or not being explicit about who I really am. There was a safety there, and then you know, as getting to, I didn't associate with those kids the same exact reason. Cause it's like, I did not want them to recognize and see me and mark me because you, you know, in my mind, it could have, I'm in my, in my mind in like the CSI episode of my like high school experience, you know, I like, you know, gay kid calls me gay. I really am gay, but you know, I kill him or something like that. I'm not saying that this happened. I'm just saying that like, that's right. That's what, I was like afraid of, I was afraid of being seen, of being known and being marked. And, um, and so like, yeah, I totally get where that's coming from. Um, and your experience in that regard. And, um, and with this film, it's just so fascinating because it's like these, these two girls, they just don't care. They just don't care. But it, it also fits to, you know, uh, it, it also fits into that kind of trope of like the two sisters where the older one is taking care of the younger one um, for better or worse, whether they like it or not. Right. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to be alive. Here. It's like the younger I'm sister. I'm going to die. And so I'm going to come with you. And I, and I think yeah. that, that the younger sister were like, maybe was the one, like if you go back is like the depressed one who's like, well, I'm, I'm just going to kill myself. And the other one's like, well, I mean, if, if you're going to die, I guess I'll, I'll go along with you. And I, maybe that's how that started. I think that's the mm -hmm. read of it. Mm -hmm. But essentially they were combined together as like, well, you know, we, we are not having a great time, but at least we love and have each other's backs. And yeah. I can't imagine doing this without you. So if you're out, I'm out. And, and that was their their plan and their fascination with death. I do want to comment, though, real quick, because it's so interesting to be on the other side. Because I was one of the more, like, out and, you know, openly queer. We wouldn't have been friends. No, probably not. And I did have one of my best friends in high school had a period of this where this happened, you know, where she was like, I can't be friends with you anymore because people are going to think I'm gay. I'm like, mm, you are gay. Yeah. <laughs> not the point. Uh, so I can't like associate with you anymore, but you know, and which was painful and terrible, you know, um, she got over it. I mean, it was like, like it was like a couple months. Being then, gay? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I guess at the time, Joshua, we she can't put out there that it is a phase. Okay. No, so, yeah. Okay. No. 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 She at the time identified as lesbian. I don't think she identifies that way anymore. She kind of has her own thing going on now. But at the time, yeah, definitely, she had, would like had like a girlfriend. It was like doing all that, and then decided, oh, I don't want to do this, you know. And so she pushed like all that away, and then like all of us, and like you know, oh, I can't associate with you anymore. But then you know, she had a lot of like shitty, awful friends and I've kind of been the person I am for a long, long time. Like I've always pretty much been a safe space for people. You know, people know I'm a good, you know, I think I'm a pretty good friend to people, you know? And so she suddenly was in this group where it was like, this is terrible and awful. And so we became friends again, you know, within a few months just because, you know, she was just surrounded by a lot of inauthenticity, obviously. Um, 
but yeah, that's just very interesting because I had, and I had other guy like friends who I knew were queer that were kind of, that were the same way. It's like, I can't be like you, like you, whatever is in you that you can walk down the fucking hall dress the way you dress and with the pictures that you hang in your locker or wearing eyeliner or, you know, wearing makeup or doing other like things like that. Like I, I can't associate with that. So I, I have a lot of, I have experience from that other side. So I, I just think that's really fascinating. Yeah. I was looking for like, I probably would have had, I probably would have confided more in actual queer people. If I knew that they were queer people who like would have been a safe space who would have kept a secret. Cause there were, mm. cause there were people who were out that were just like, you know, were content to drag people out, kicking uh, and screaming. No. Well, I think I understand yeah. some of that perspective. Cause they were like, well, if I'm going to be out and if I'm other, I'm going to, I'm going to be seen. I'm, right. I'm not going to allow myself to be small because I can't disappear. I can't be unseen at this point. Like right. I'm a very, yeah. like one guy in particular, you know, like, very effeminate um, guy was just like, well, I'm going to paint my nails. Fuck it. Like if I'm, if I'm going to be tortured anyway, I might as well like give someone to torture, you know, something about. Yeah. And the same with the girls when they cut their hair off or like one girl, I remember she would like so terrifying to me. She would like come up to like people at the playground and like out out at lunch and she'd put like her t-shirt through her fly and she'd be like, (laughs) kind of like dangle it around and be like, who wants to pull my sausage or something? And I was just like, oh my God, if she comes over (laughs) here, I'm going to pass out. Like I, she was being, she was like so, you know, provoking attention in a way that I, could not handle oh uh, yeah well that's yeah. the thing too it's i still have that to this day where it's like i already like i'm already like a brown i'm already a brown fat person in most in like every and brown fat and queer i already just like want to be invisible and just fit in in many regards and so it's difficult for me to be with people who are content to just who are who try to stand out or who are just like in just being who they are they are standing out and for me it just gets so uncomfortable <laughs> Um, it just gets so uncomfortable to be in those particular situations. Um, did you also grow up religious? I was fortunate in that I didn't. Um, we, we, you we, were. We tried to go to church like a couple times, and I tried to go to like that insanely anti-gay Skyline Church in middle school. Oh, Lord uh, of mercy. Because a friend of mine was in there, and I didn't. I, I wasn't gay or understanding that at the time. Um but like looking back, I'm like, wow, it was a lot of stuff about like normativity. Like a lot of the preaching and, and, and um, sermons were about being normative and about conforming to and calling out things like gayness or gambling or online uh, porn. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. just always, I always kind of remember being confused about like, did people tell this guy that like they, they we wanted this? Like I, it didn't make sense to me. So like we, my family only went for a little while and then we didn't. And so no one at my house was saying like, I mean, my parents are conservative. Um, and so I definitely got the vibe growing up that like being openly gay probably wouldn't be well received. And so I was like, better not then, you know, like I'm just yeah. not gonna like put myself in a bad situation yeah. because I can fly under the radar and I can just pretend that I'm bookish and weird, even though like yeah. I was a female tuba player. Oh, that's the energy I get from you. you know? I, get, <laughs> I get big female tuba energy from you. Yeah. I have to say, I like, uh, oh my well, God. We found the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that is definitely something that I, I, I was like, I, I've been trying to put my finger on it. Cause I played the saxophone. I was mm. also in band. Uh, so do you get, do you get gay saxophone energy and. from me? Yeah, <laughs> totally. That makes so much sense. 
Marching band is a bond that will that is forged in fire, Joshua, hey, and it clearly. is real. Okay? It's an otherness. It like is, theater kids, the thing is, you grow up to become an actor or an actress, and it's like you take that that like creative other energy and you become something that's like art. But being in a high school marching band rarely results in an adult that's like, I have now a socially acceptable perspective no. that's <laughs> unique. It's just like, oh God, you're like kind of. <laughs> Succumb to cults and, and have like you know esoteric interests and and have absolutely no social awareness at all. W- w- at all. One of my one of my closest friends from from uh, from high school and I say closest like we we don't talk often but we do. Um, but we I still consider her a really dear friend. She is also a like female tuba player and like she just had this like swagger there's a swagger about like a female tuba player okay like (laughs) yeah you have to you can hear a lot of negativity coming your way and you just use that big horn to just suck it all up exactly like you don't hear it did you march a sousaphone or you march like the one on your shoulder i marched the sousaphone okay and then i had a concert tuba for a concert season so i'd like have a big black skirt and just spread my legs wide and plop that big and blow girl and blow blow. yes It was always it was so much equipment. I was also had to be like the cr- the loading crew chief my senior oh, of year. Of course high you school. were because you had you had the best instrument. Because yeah, I, I'm like, well, I'm the only one here clearly that's got enough like organizing you know organizational skills, and I can get these people. You know, like I'm like basically the PE teacher with a whistle version of a high school student. Just like, all right, guys, we gotta get all this in here. We gotta get over to Monta Vista High School. We're gonna get on this field school. Let's go. Yes, I mean again, you and you know not to not to reinforce stereotypes, but. But, you know, there there is something to be said about a lesbian being in charge of your equipment. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I will say we didn't lose anything. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Nothing was lost. And I had un, I had rainbow suspenders on under my uniform. Yeah, you and did. And I, I didn't even, I didn't even, I just wanted, like, different suspenders. Everyone was yeah. wearing, like, black or red. And I was like, I want something to stand out. So I used, and I didn't even know what it meant. Mm-hmm. And I oh, wonder wow. now if people were like, oh, okay, obviously she plays the tuba. She's probably like a little baby <laughs> gay. A, yeah. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> but like simultaneously like avoiding the GSA and not like looking at anybody in Hope Oh, Christ. right. I'm having this total moment like sometimes you have with like a guest where we're like on the same thing with horror. You know, and you're like, oh, this it's so interesting to watch. And that right now I'm like that. Like, oh, look at you guys. Like, oh, you mean this like our band nerd. common ground yes. and like oh, oh, this whole experience that I She was an have. East County bad nerd. I was an East County bad nerd. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Which high school did you go to? I went to I went to Mount Miguel High School, girl. <gasps> Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was supposed to go to Mount Miguel, but my you parents. You went to Helix, my, didn't my, you? My parents lied about where we lived. <laughs> And you got away with it because you're Damn white. It. Yeah. Here's the thing: we are also we are also sworn enemies. Yeah, our, our bands were rivals. Our bands are rivals. Our our football that teams was a are thing. rivals. Your, yes. your band director taught me how to play the tuba because I went to Lemon Grove Middle School and he came over and he was like the tuba coach and like because like there's not very many like tuba teachers. Who who was it? I don't remember his name. Oh, okay. I blacked all that out. It's yeah. a horrible experience for me. I was horribly bullied. <laughs> <laughs> well, you oh go to you go to Palmer Lemon Grove. Oh. I went to Lemon Grove. Bullying. Oh, so oh yeah, yeah. It, 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 if you went to Lemon Grove, you either it was a coin flip of whether or not you got to go to Helix or Mount Miguel. So. Most people did the lottery. My my family lied. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's I fine. like them. That, there's <laughs> a rich tradition. We aunt Beckyed it. Yeah. yeah. Ah! <laughs> I did it get caught? Mm-hmm. I love, it's I love too late it. now. Um, they can't take it back. No, I I went to yeah. I I love my time at Mount Miguel, but we were sworn we were sworn enemies. So all of this. Do you know Takara Smith? 
No. Oh wait, are you younger than me significantly? I am. I am. Well, okay. I mean, I I was I graduated in seven. Two thousand and seven. Yes. Oh yeah, you wouldn't know her. She was my age. Yeah. Much, 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 much older. Older. Yeah. So, given all of that that just happened, <laughs> I can see why the film Ginger Snaps that we're here to discuss. <laughs> How it resonated with you as somebody who's walking around with this like internal monster, like, like for you, like I mean, you're you're yeah, sort I mean, of trying to the avoid gayness, it, but I mean, also like the the film itself is dealing with like female puberty and menstruation, yes. like pretty pretty heavy handed heavy handedly, and that was also something I was experiencing. Um, was going through female, you know, um, puberty and dealing with a period and dealing with this thing about like okay, my body's changing, and that's horrible. Because I mean, the whole idea of a period. Um, is horrifying because uh-huh. you're told as, as a young girl that like, okay, so one day, and you're not going to know when, you are just going to start bleeding profusely from your vagina. Was it syrupy, from your genitals. Voluminous, voluminous discharge, right? Viscous, Viscous. not voluminous. I mean, well, I mean, I guess it could be voluminous. <laughs> It's sometimes well, I it's, both. I think she said yeah. voluminous because they hadn't had it. it they hadn't had it yet, right. and they were both late. Yeah, the, the yeah, film like the, three the, or four years. The sisters late. are fifteen and almost sixteen years old, and neither one of them has gotten as they call it the curse. Right, and they dread it. And their mother, Mimi Rogers, who is a wonderful goody two shoes, crafting, curly banged mother, who like probably wanted to have like daughters she could dote over daughters who would act yeah, yeah. conventionally yeah. who would help Canadian. dry flowers and make yeah you know who wear awful desserts. vests yeah. and you know wear you know crew neck sweaters over. and ask about what boys want <laughs> yes exactly which was just <laughs> you want my motherly advice <laughs> the dad saying it's like and they're paying attention they all of a sudden care what you have to say I was like Ooh. oh I know and she's like shut up you don't know anything about this world out like that ho- that whole little scene oh that's one of my favorites amazing. is at the end of the film when Mimi Rogers basically tells Bridget okay well I know you guys you and your sister killed someone she doesn't know why she doesn't know that there's a werewolf thing happening she just knows that her daughters have m- murdered someone and her response is it's fine we'll just turn on all the gas this, this yeah. gas oven we'll light a match and, we'll, and we'll, we'll start a new life we'll start it all over and Bridget's like well what about dad and He's just like, no. Yeah. He, he's not going to be good for this. So everything about the two of them being like these macabre, like gothy sisters staging death crimes and stuff. And you're, and you have no idea where they've come from, from these two. And that moment, that's where it's like, oh, there's, there she is in her daughters. Well, like, oh, also, it's fine. We're just going to burn the house down and cover this crime up. I'm and we'll still go. your mother and I love you no matter yeah. what. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. never stifled <laughs> them. I mean, she no. just said no murder in the house. Cause right. you know, it, it's, it's a, messy. It's messy. Yeah. But she just never stifled them. And you know, what a, what a gift, what yeah. a gift. She allowed them to full Daria, both of them together at the same time. And I, I oh really God, she, she that. allowed them to full Nancy Downs. Like she, not, <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. She allowed them it's to like be the weirdos, mister. You're full, like, full weirdos. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting to, yeah, I, I could see why the, the film gets like this feminist reading, especially in context of like the monstrous feminine and because they're, so obviously women's bodies are commodified and we're, we're in this whole conversation right now, as we have been for a very long time about do women have the right to decide what to do with their body? Should we allow that or should we not, you know? So it's like, you're only as valuable as your ability to produce children, you know, like obviously that's something that gets pushed in culture, but then again, everything associated with that, like menstruation and you know, the changes in the body are horrible and gross and you're gross and you're weird and you're gross. 
Yeah, you've got you've got hair growing in places you shouldn't yeah. have it growing. You've got a sexual appetite that you shouldn't have. And yeah. I mean, and Ginger almost references it. She doesn't call it that, but the Madonna whore complex. Right. And yeah. she's like, you're mm-hmm. either a slut or or you're ignored. You know, you're yeah. either like a nobody who's socially inept or you're a whore, and that's like your only value and the only thing you're seen as. And as she transforms, you can see her being like, well, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to fully embrace. If I'm a monster and a sexual beast and a disgusting, bleeding female, well, then I'm going to I'm going to be that. Yeah, I'm not going to be wholeheartedly. I might as well have some fun. I might as well, you know, do do this thing. And then like that that moment where the woman where she has sex with uh, forget whatever his name, Jock Boy McFuckface, Jock Jock Boy (laughs) McFuckboy. Like he um, when he she starts, she's going to have sex with him. No. And he um, and he's like, hey, like, hey, slow down. Just like take it easy. And it's like you never see that. First of all, in like media, you can't really you don't really see like even though he's like going after her, he's also like, hey, like calm down. He was only interested in her as much as she was something to chase. And as soon as she had, you know, developed the The um, upper hand yeah, and and, and and started, you know, using some agency and saying, like, I want this from you. He, He got freaked out. Yeah, he didn't because he like, all of a sudden he's, he realized that like I'm used to chasing and taking from people, and now you're trying to give me something, and that means something about you that I'm I don't know if I have a category for you. Because at that point, because you can also you can also say at that point it's like oh if I'm used to being the aggressor, if I'm used to being the one doing the taking, if you're the one doing the taking, does that make me less than? Yeah, because I've been told that I need to be the one to take. You yeah, that's a fucked up shit. Men are taught. I, I can't think of yeah. about what that means. For I don't. Me. It doesn't sit well with me that now I'm the one that's being used, and also realizing that that's also okay. Like he, you know the next day he um you know he's like yeah you know ginger fitzgerald took me for a ride like you know showed me a wild time but you know uh, relishing in that later but like in the moment he's just he's also terrified because he has Mm -hmm. no idea because he has no control over the situation um yeah no absolutely and well and that's you know the kind of thing that men are taught you know that you know you're it's gross it's like my whole sexuality is steeped in predator behavior you know and like if 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 i'm not i don't mean me i just collectively i guess men like the stuff that we're taught you know pursue you know take what you want it's yours anyways you know um no is a suggestion you know <laughs> so it's like men we're taught like such you know yeah this like extremely predatory behavior as being normal and not only normal but what boys should be like and that girls should not or you know women should not be sexually aggressive or you know so it's just yeah it's really it's a really interesting like flip of that like um, early before they have sex like there's like a scene where um, they're on like the football field she like throws them on the ground and jumps on him and is like kissing him and you know just being extremely aggressive it's such an interesting visual that you don't see in a lot of films you yeah, know yeah so this is kind of playing with that with that sort of behavior and the fact that she's relishing it as she goes along but her younger sister who is not you know you know, hit puberty or whatever, however you want to put it, is like totally terrified for it too. Like, no, you have to, you can't give into this, you know? Yeah, you're, you're no longer, you're not being what I know you to be or like, yeah. you know, this is part of the transformation. What is this side of you, mm-hmm. you know? And questioning whether or not that was in her the entire time and yeah. she was just doing it. She was, the act was how she knows her. So it's like the act, the artifice is how she believes her sister to truly be when in actuality what she truly wants is to be desired by men, is to be the sexual aggressor. And, you know, the the 
the bite, you know, the the inter- the encounter with the werewolf is finally permission because now not only do I have maybe it's not necessarily that the 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 infection the bite gives you it comes with the uh, desire to be the aggressor, but maybe it already enhances things that you already have. Yeah, it kind of like gives your id permission to act. Exactly. Like it's not it's not turning you into anything. It's basically just turning what you already have are 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 dialing all the way up. So, yeah. Well, and it's interesting because in a lot of like vampire mythology, you see women in these roles a lot, you know, almost, I I would say almost as much as men, you know, I mean, for every, you know, there's Dracula and there's the hunger and there's the lost boys and there's, you know, um, well, like, um, well, like True Blood, you know, there's obviously, there's a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like women who are very predatory and who are proud to be vampires and proud to, you know, like, you know, relish in this behavior. You don't see, I feel, as many as much of that in werewolves. Werewolves are generally, you know, the wolf man. You know, it's mostly werewolves men don't in this. want to be werewolves. Well, I think a lot of the, the difference well, in yeah, some that of that too. is that so vampires are our fear of sexuality. I think <laughs> whereas werewolves mm-hmm. are um, typically an embodiment of different types of fears. It's not because uh, werewolves are not sexual. This movie plays into the sexuality as Ginger's like it is released and she becomes you know hormonal because it's 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 dealing with like being that time of like mm-hmm. sexual awakening. But like I think werewolves are often a, a different type of metaphor. It's it's a fear of the other. It is a body horror, mm-hmm. but it's usually not sexual. So to but see sometimes your own monstrosity. That, yeah, it's too. your it's your own the yeah. monster within and it's the monster of society or what certain behaviors will get you. It's a little less of a like you need to be a good you know, boy or girl or bad things will happen. And it's kind of just like at some point and you're not going to know when something really horrible is going to happen. And then you are going to be horrible. Right. Well, I think that's, I think the way that werewolves, at least from my understanding based on the films that we've seen so far is that the way that werewolves address sexuality Um, Because, like, vampires are also about, like, seduction. Vampires are a cautionary tale. They hold all the cards. They're the ones that are, they're master manipulators and pulling strings. And it's a cautionary tale about, like, that seductive property of, the seductive, lusty properties of wealth and, you know, all those things. Whereas you have with werewolves where it's like, you know, eventually what's going to happen is that it's, you are, you're going to become a, you're going to become, you're going to have a bloodlust, which basically is the metaphor for just actual lust, that it's going to consume you and you're going to do something terrible. So you need to control that monster inside of you. Yeah. yeah. It's not sexy. Yeah, it's like it's more aggressive and it's aggressive messy and, and, and animalistic. Exactly. And yeah. it's, it's completely frightening, but it also reinforces this kind of idea that like, you know, oh, boys will be, you know, boys will be boys. Well, yeah, exactly. That, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I want to, to go is that most werewolves are generally it seems the a man's territory a lot of times they're they're men in the stories and that metaphor for rape culture for the violence of the patriarchy you know that all of that is coming out in this guy who doesn't i don't want to be that you know not all men not all men you know but it's inherent but that's the thing yeah but that that it is inherent exactly in men like that that is just what we're taught and that is our nature you know to be that way so it's just interesting within this movie to see women and i'm curious do you know other besides the ginger snap series or like true blood where there are women that are that are wolves uh cursed you said cursed with christina ricci yeah which gave me some of those vibes similar yeah similar not not offhand i don't know i mean i'm not like a werewolf aficionado and and i think it is it's it's a difficult genre 
subgenre nowadays because it's hard to do. I mean, because if you do too much CGI, it looks like crap. And if you're doing prosthetics, you need to have good money for good ones. And so it's hard to do it um, well and cheaply now. And because you need to come at it from a different perspective. Otherwise, it's kind of played out. You need to come at it thoughtfully and have a storyline. Like the reason right, this works yeah. is because it's, it's, it's written by a woman about portraying women in a certain way. And it's telling a story apart from just the monster. And so if you're going to use the monster, it needs to be a tool. It needs to be a device. And it need, and, and because it's not just some like a sexy model with with teeth. Yeah. It's hard to do it well in a way that's going to be well received. And so I haven't seen a ton of it and I don't like follow it specifically. Okay. Or anything, yeah, I'm just so. curious if, if you, you know, so yeah. So it's just interesting to see these sorts of behaviors played out with women characters, you know, that I, when I think this has been so dominated by men, like this particular subgenre, where like vampires, no, you see a lot more balance with vampires. Again, with slasher films, it's the same. You don't, there's not a ton of female slashers, you know, because so much of, so much of the slasher genre is about, that male point of view and the, you know, the, um, you know, misogyny and, you know, attacking women, you know, this, this big hulking scary guy. Attacking women for their sexuality and it's a cause and effect and it's like you're, you're being murdered because you were sexually available in an inappropriate time. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just fascinating. This movie, it does work on a lot of levels because it is playing with these genre conventions and not only that, but also, in the real world, how women should or should not be, you know, being proudly sexual creatures or, you know, nowadays, you know, we're seeing way more women that are not shaving their, you know, their body hair off or they're, you know, they're, they're not conforming to these long standing conventions. So I think that kind of plays into this as well, like yeah. on this larger cultural. I think it's, it's yeah, it's showing discussion. us this like it's what girls and and young women are told about themselves in society. The messages that we get about this time period of your life, where you go from being a little girl, you go from being mm-hmm. a child to becoming a monster, and either that's yeah. behavioral or it's sexual. But like you smell different, mm-hmm. things are happening to you, and it's like. It happens in a day. I mean, all it and happens you're gradually. In blood. It, yeah, you just ha- you know it's gradual over time. You, you slowly get boobs or whatever happens, but like one day you start bleeding from your genitals and you can't go back. <laughs> right. And it's and like Mimi Rogers said, it's like it's gonna happen to you once a month for the next thirty years of your life. Welcome to life. Right. Like holy crap! When I learned about periods, I was like terrified. Probably. Holy shit! Are yeah. you kidding me? Like this can't be real. There's no way that, that that that's how life works. I was fucking scared that I was gonna have like this like white milky discharge come from my penis at times of great you know great. Ecstasy. But that you would like it. Yeah, and that I would like it, and that you know uh, I'm not gonna get into the. <laughs> at least you have some control. I mean, some control over it. Yeah, some and if control. It, and if oh, not, yeah, at least yeah. it's at home in your bed. I mean, how many stories of poor girls wearing yeah. white pants? It's to school, and the next thing you know, yeah. my mom used to do that on purpose. She, she told used me, to wear you white. No, no, no. no. My mom, hair. my mom got. I mean, whatever. Uh, a little TMI for everybody. Plug your ears if you're delicate. Um, my <laughs> mother got her period when she was like 11, which is like a little bit on the young side, especially in like the 60s. And so, my, and my grandpa was the janitor at her school. Oh. And so, if she was like looking at her schedule and looking at like her classes, she'd be like, wear white pants, just because she knew she could get out of school that day. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's amazing. She, you know, oh, wow. she didn't give any shits. <laughs> wow. And see, that is like that, and that's like turning something that is viewed as you know a negative and turning it right into a fucking right. positive. Yeah. Exactly. L- lemons like, and lemonade, yeah. all of that. Right Absolutely. There. Anytime, anytime that. in a movie where it's like you know, babe, can you go get tampons? And as a way to like foil masculinity or foil men, I'm like. Great, amazing, because because like that's what the culture teaches. Like, oh, you know, we one, you know, you have to go out and purchase. It's not just available for free because it happens all the yeah, time, which is bullshit. Um, but that's and a whole other they, thing. Unlike the movie, the they don't tags. come with free calendars. Right. Every set of tampons comes with instructions, like it's the first time, and sometimes a coupon. Um, but <laughs> there's never a free calendar. Bullshit. You know, there should be more prizes. <laughs> there should be free ice cream or chocolate or whatever I want it is you want. At least a sticker. Yeah, I think they should just come with coupons, like just like a $5 or $10 gift certificate to just buy, purchase whatever you want to go along with this. <laughs> I think they should be free or and definitely not tax. That's such bullshit, but oh, that's a whole yeah, other yeah. That's a whole thing. This I is why rage about that. This event. is why like if I ever if I ever have children um and that's a big if, you know, there's many things that have to happen before that. But if ever I have children, I feel like I just want to I just want daughters just because I want to be able to, you know, have those have those conversations with them obviously you know have like another cisgendered like elder woman come and <laughs> usher them in <laughs> just has on retainer yeah just is like ah uh, uh, here's my here token is woman it, is it, here's my token woman here for you that's the title of this episode no, is no a token you can be woman. proud learn the knowledge and as a man you will be there to be that good ally and say you know a lot of guys are stupid but I am not. It's like you is like my daughter. You are now a part of a. I was going to do it in Irish accent. You are. No, you are that. now part of a rich tradition of women. You know, in the ancient times, and like <laughs> like looking up to the stars. Whoosh, oh and then God. you know. And now like, you can carve your own fertility idol. Yes, yeah. exactly. And now you may. And now you may marry. <laughs> And now you may Lord be, and now you mercy. may be sold off for sheep, and we <laughs> and used to build the bridges between our two warring kingdoms with your home. Where are we right now? What is what is happening? This is <laughs> like, me. I'm having. I'm speaking okay, to my future. You're practicing blood ritual. I yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bride yeah, that's price. What's you know? Yeah. Uh, I just think it was really horrible because I do remember they were in like fourth grade. Which I feel was kind of maybe that's young. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, the the third or fourth grade. Well, no, I remember a girl getting her period. That's a little early, but I mean, it's becoming more common now. Yeah, it's a little early, but kind of in. Yeah, I feel like it was around then, and maybe. Maybe she was an older girl, but I remember her having to leave and that's everybody talked about. Everybody was like, oh yeah, she got her period. She got her period. And it was like, what the fuck? What is that? You know? And it's like more education. So if anything, this, it just pisses me off when I think about like how much, how ignorant we are and how it, it seems so intentional, you know? Cause it's like, oh, we don't want to tell kids the truth. Like, no, fuck you. Tell kids the fucking truth. Normalize if you're listening it. to this and you're Normalize a parent. Normalize the hell out yes, of Yes, exactly. Normalize it. Make it okay. And also the idea of sex and sexuality, all of that, that it is a real thing I don't know why adults insist on like teaching their kids like abstinence only or acting as if they were never that hormonal 14 I'm not saying give your kids condoms and send them on their fucking way like this uh, counselor <laughs> or the nurse the school nurse which is great I mean it's good to be at least prepare them I well, guess she said you're now you know you can now get pregnant and per always you you are susceptible to STDs so you yeah, might as well exactly. wrap it up we'll have it's, like, it, yeah. it's like now in addition to STDs you can also get pregnant so yeah. wrap you know I mean, which again, also like up, as yeah. an aside one of the, my favorite lines of the movie is when Ginger's going off with fuckboy jockface uh, <laughs> the one line that the sister uses as the car drives away as she's ovulating <laughs> <laughs> yes 
It's so good. Watch out. You know, you don't want I mean, one of those screaming children. I mean, worse than getting called out for she's on her period. My God, she's ovulating. She's ovulating. My God. Um, you know, but it, it, it's just like, yeah, educate your kids. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to be like, hey, go out and fuck everybody. But, you know, like, be real. Like, I, you know, this is what leads to so many fucking problems, you know? And the normalizing that, you know, hey, guess what? Women are people. And they have the what? same urges <laughs> and the same desires. You know what I mean? We're all living in this culture. We're all being inundated with this stuff. You know, it's a very hormonal time. So this whole idea is of like, you know, this monstrous feminine, like obviously it's a cultural analysis tool and a way to examine, you know, the, the how we treat women in, in horror films, especially if they're the villain or, you know, if, if we're going to use their sexuality as the basis for this monster movie, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it just it does such a massive disservice, you know. I think in a lot of ways, if nothing else, it's stifling pleasure, you know, where people could be just having more free agency to enjoy. Yeah, there's their no reason not lives. to <laughs> see reality and be prepared for it. Yeah, I mean, like I don't see the need to purposely deceive children yeah. into believing that there's that they live in some sort of like magic protective realm. Yeah, and that like okay now and and no wonder it's like so many American and, and like Western civilization kids like go through such traumatic puberties, yeah. and it's because they haven't been given any information about what's yep. going to happen to them or like given them like now you're going to take on more responsibility or you know you can you can understand now that this is how you're fitting in or what might be appropriate or how to like emotionally handle the changes or not be terrified of them and not become reactive to those changes and like why so many kids binge drink or do drugs or have yeah. sex it's it comes from a lot of ignorance and fear right. and and mm-hmm. like i know a lot of kids i grew up with became sexually experimental because it was all about figuring that out like ooh it's taboo it's cool you know mm-hmm. like people are in doing drugs and 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 experiencing blowjobs and it's all just because everyone's terrified and just trying not to fall behind right yeah and being told no don't do that by you know the authority figures in your life and no so one's giving you any real information or guidance right, or telling you why, like yeah. what the role of pleasure could be in your life or like how to experience your body in a way that might not be self-destructive at the same time yes yeah uh, yes exactly oh my gosh like ginger infecting the fuck uh. boy with lycanthropy because yeah. they didn't wear a condom so she didn't get pregnant well we don't know but mm. she did give him lycanthropy yeah. yeah she gave him bloody discharge from his penis he did yeah. which is I think again one of the a, a great moment in the film when the teenage boy is, is going <laughs> yes. to pee and then all of a sudden blood shoots out of his his urine yeah I agree yeah no it's a great like metaphor for all of like you know <laughs> we're talking about like feel this experience like he's going through like what she's going through yeah in like a, a male a, you know, he's a, yeah. like a, um, an assigned male child at birth is now experiencing a menstruation and like he screams yeah which is the right re- response to bloody genitals yes yeah yeah especially if you've not been prepared for it Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, look at Carrie, you know, another movie about, uh, troubling menstrual issues, <laughs> you know, where she freaks out cause her mother never prepared and never told her, you know? Um, so obviously religion and all, that's a whole other conversation. That, about, yeah. But it's, but know, it is similar and it's, and it's horrible and horrifying and fits the horror genre for the same reason, because the, what happens to cisgendered women and, and, and folks that, you know, have menstruation and that whole experience becomes normalized over time. Like, you know, mm. most adult women are no longer freaked out. But I mean, it right. takes a long time to get used to this thing that happens so frequently, but that you are also have to pretend like it's not happening. Right. You need to be normal all the time. And if anybody perceives that there's something going on, like it can be attributed to that. And it just, it's, it's, 
relentless. No, it's very true. Yeah, I still have like, you know, I have coworkers and most people know like again, I'm pretty out like like hey, I'm here for women's issues. I'm supportive like I know we like we live in a horrible world for women on a lot of levels. Um but they still will apologize like oh i'm sorry you know i'm having that time of the month i'm like you have to apologize for that <laughs> like I your mean, period are you menstruating uh, right yeah that's exactly <laughs> what i do i just start yelling about it are you bloated and does yeah. everything hurt right <laughs> but it, i mean you know do you so want many chocolate? women do can though. i cross off your calendar like right. no listen i'm <laughs> not that not involved pregnant. but i'm more like you know oh i'm sorry that you have to pay for tampons and that they're taxed and that sucks and that you know women are you know blah 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 oh, all the things that i yeah you know my talking points there's, but I mean, it's, you know, just, it's disturbing there's still there's a whole world that you guys will just never I mean when girls are by themselves mm-hmm. you know like cisgender women I mean, don't mean to overgeneralize too much no, you know no, but um, you're talking about your experience yeah 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 like when, when girls and I get together you know when it's just Laura and I not all the time right you know most of the time we are just regular human beings without gender just living our lives but right. sometimes <laughs> we're on the rag and or had been recently and we're like oh my god let me tell you what I just experienced yeah let me tell you the things I pulled out of my body yeah yes. let me tell you the things I put in my body ew yeah, and and the stories that that we tell and the supportiveness that exists that it's like invisible and unseen, mm-hmm. yes. like the world at large doesn't the sisterhood doesn't literally. talk about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, we all carry supplies, we all give out supplies, um, and it's just sort of this like weird unspoken thing that mm-hmm. even like a weird a like I, a self identified like sort of weird girl growing up. You know, like I'm not conventionally feminine. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly socially outgoing but if i'm like out on a night or something and you're in the restroom all of the social like posturing kind of falls away because if somebody needs a tampon right you can ask anybody introvert extrovert uh you know social butterfly weird person like it's just like do you need a tampon you need you got a tampon you have a pad like we take whatever you know and and we kind of try to take care of each other or you can look someone in the eye and just be like did you just have to shove a wad of toilet paper up there, okay, girl. We, you, you go home now, or are you gonna party for another hour? You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's amazing. And then, as yeah. soon as we leave the, as soon as you're out of the bathroom, it's just like the the rest, the world falls back into place, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of this like weird, interesting thing that I've never really seen that portrayed. I've never seen like that mm-hmm. side of the world anywhere before, and I don't think it was necessarily it wasn't part of this movie, but it. No, but I mean, no, that it's very, I mean, again, we're talking about like, yeah, the, the secret worlds of women, you know, in a way, you know, this is about like a strong sisterhood and the bond that they have. And as that's broken as the world comes in, you know, as the realities of being a woman of, of changing and all of that. So attracting predators. Yeah, no. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's like, you know, it does, it changes the relationship to the world, you know? And I think it's, I mean, I, I would not want to experience that because I, I mean, I just know that it's painful, awful, you know, like having to deal with all of that. But I think that there is something because men don't experience anything like that, you know, at all, you know, like we don't go uh, through cisgendered men. Yeah. Yeah. No, true. Yes. Yeah. Cisgendered men. I'm sorry. Speaking as myself, obviously, um, I think men are then, you know, like there's a reason like women are in some ways more prepared for a lot of, you know, because of you're so in touch with your body, you know, and like because of the way we've set up the healthcare system, women, you like have to go in and be checked a lot more. Like women engage in, you know, in, in I think a lot more preventative medicine and all of that be, just because of like some of these biological 
issues. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, where men aren't, you know, men are not expected to do the messy work because it's just part of being a woman. You know, like it's the, the assumption. I mean, you know, it's, it's expected. Yeah. I always like, there's a thing that some people have where like they'll pass out at the sight of blood. Mm hmm. And I'm just like, I, uh, I mean, I, I do know some some women who get oh, crazy yeah, because it, we, yeah, we yeah. compartmentalize. Yeah, yeah. You know, but at the same time, I, I think to myself, you know, it's just like, well, that's convenient. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I would love to be, you know, precious uh, about the sight of blood. I really would. It would be great to see less blood, <laughs> yeah. honestly. But, you know, that's not, you know, what I'm not, I'm not given that experience. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, that's, that's what everybody's, everybody's dealing with that for the most part in some way or another. Yeah. No, I just, I, I think that is kind of a fascinating thing about like women and like the, str- it speaks to like the strength of the, of, of women collectively, cis women or women or, you know, people with a womb, with a vagina, with, you know, that experiences that cisgendered men are completely unaware of. They have no idea the strength, you know, involved or like the pain involved. Cause we just, you know, we don't have that kind of thing happening. It's I mean, we have our own shit. It's very painful but, you know. to grow a tail every month. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the body horror of tail growth is just mm, out of this world. I will say again, All like right. yeah. taping your sister's tail to her leg so that no one notices it. I was like, that's solidarity. Yeah, That's that like, is. I am f- very afraid of you and I think you will kill me and everyone we love, but I'll electrical tape your, your tail yeah. down to your leg. You can pass for another day. I love that. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah, there's a you know their their bond. It's nice, you know. She's really trying. She's really working for her for her sister. You know, she wants to help her and be supportive. <laughs> she even yeah, she pierced her navel with pure silver, uh, yeah. which we were talking is like a sign of the times. Like yeah, exactly. It's a, the part of the costuming um, of the area, but like yeah. also like the the chosen piercing of of two thousand was the belly button ring. The belly button mm-hmm. ring. The belly, yeah. like that lovely, you know, little piercing. I have one. Did you really? Yeah, I have of a belly. course you would. Yeah. Do you have one right now? You know, I lost the one of the balls because I got. I, I've just lost them over the years, and I had the same one for like a decade. This the same piercing because it's. It, I'm not like it used to be where I would wear like ripped up or no top and go out dancing, and I had these long dragons and shit hanging from my belly button. You know, it was very cool. Low low cut jeans and you know dancing on the booth. You know whatnot. So I don't really do that anymore. So I don't show it off. But so it fell out recently, and I just haven't bought a new one. I keep being afraid that it's going to close up but so far it hasn't if you've had a piercing for long enough i think you're good yeah so i want to go get it because i do it's weird actually to see myself like in a mirror without it because i've just had the you know the the piercing there for so long that it's like not having the ring in it is kind of weird but yeah it was it was the first thing i did when i was 18 i turned 18 and i was like i can get a piercing let's go get something pierced oh my god not many men had a belly button ring and i you know, it really was mostly out of that interest was that I didn't know any guys that did that. And just my quest to always be fucking weird. And, you know, and of course, yeah, I got flagged. You know, I was like, oh, that's what girls do. I'm like, well, I'm not a girl and I did it and it's fucking awesome. So fuck you in your face. That's like, so incredible. You know, like, like I, you know, it, and it was neat. I had these really cool, I'd go to the, like the Renaissance fair and buy these long dragon, like, charms and other weird like and never got infected because belly button piercings even once they're healed because there's so much like bacteria in the area i've heard that they're pretty tough you know i at that especially at that time when i had it i was so hyper aware you know i cleaned it kept it like really well you know and i i couldn't wear those all the time like that would be for a night out you know oh, I'd right hang, yeah i'd yeah. hang a charm off of it and, and go dancing something smaller in and there. then yeah go back to the yeah you put mistletoe 
on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I did. I had a lot of things that it would be like the ball, and it would like say cocksucker, you know, or like, or fuck you, or fuck off, or you know. I had all kinds of like balls that said different weird things like that, you know. Um, but mostly it was the charms. But then you know, oh. like the cats will pull on it, so like I don't do that. Oh, yeah. good lord! Yeah, I so can you can't sleep with it. You can't, you know. I love when you reminisce about your twink days. <laughs> <laughs> long, glorious, glorious <laughs> long, days. Long the glorious days. days. Yeah, I, I did something similar when I was nineteen. Before I, I became my, a monster bear. No, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I got my industrial pierced when I was nineteen across, and, uh-huh. and I still have the same jewelry. I tried to change it once; it started hurting, and then I was like, "Nope, I guess this is just it forever." Yeah. And nothing new. I always wanted to do that, and maybe one day I will. You know, I feel like I'm going to be one of those people if I go bald, like I'm just going to get a ton of piercings. I'm going to do something, you know, radically different, or wear really long earrings. You might like, as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Bling or increase out. my makeup even more. You know, if I were to go completely bald, um, I probably would get some piercings and stuff. Just do something to to bring decoration, decorativeness to my head. <laughs> uh, anyways, we're so far off track. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you want uh, to dive more into uh, Ginger Snaps, I, I do recommend On the Toast by Jessica Roke. This is from 2014. So, um, you know, a nice analysis of the film uh, over a decade after it was released. Uh, Ginger Snaps, the menstrual horror movie of your dreams. Uh, <laughs> I love this. Um, the, the very first line of this uh, is the horror. Your body, if you were a cis girl, will betray you, and you will fall victim to its ceaseless, lunar-cycled blood rain for what may as well be forever. <laughs> that's, not, that's, entire, that's so accurate. No. Yeah. Your body and its functions have become central, inescapable. You will be initiated into a maxi-pad cult in which you are alternately celebrated and shamed for your suddenly uncontrollable body. <laughs> it's kind of like Richard. You're just women passing tampons to each other. Uh, anyways, I, um, your body is now able to give life and is thus valuable. Your body does this deeply embarrassing, gross thing, which men and boys hate. <laughs> so there you go. You unpack like, it right there. I mean, that's why yeah. like the werewolf analogy is so good. I mean, cause it's yeah. tied to the full moon and you know, so might your period be. And, yeah. uh, that, I mean, that's how pre calendar, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How would you count? You I know? can't say that there's an archeology span of menstruation. But I would imagine, you know, there are observatories and, like, structures that were built prehistorically thousands of years ago to track the moon and the sun and the constellations. And it's impossible to think that women weren't also using that to, like, know whether or not they were pregnant. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Or what's going on, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, we've always functioned, you know, somehow, you know, to to track those. It's useful to know. Yeah. You know? Whether or not you're pregnant, yes. Yeah. Yes, or, yeah, you if you're plan for it, you waiting know? for it to come, you know, like, how many moons ago did you last bleed? Oh, I, you, <laughs> How many rotations? <laughs> I bet that conversation in various languages that are now dead has happened more times than we can count. <laughs> uh, it reminds me, there's a um, AbFab, uh, Absolutely Fabulous. Did you ever watch that? Uh, yes. Okay, yes. So, I love, there's one where... Um, in death, the second season, the first or second episode, death, where Adina's father dies, and she's all wrapped up in like the mummy thing, doing some kind of body wrap, trying to lose weight, and the um, the nurse is like, "Are you experiencing, or have you recently experienced your period?" And she's like, "Well, yeah, both." <laughs> <laughs> Why is that important? And she goes, "No, just make a conversation." <laughs> <laughs> 
it's like it always it always makes me laugh because it is it's such like a funny question like did, are you on it or have you recently had it uh, yeah yes <laughs> yes to both <laughs> Uh, and again, you know, we're myth busting because there's so, you know, trying to educate the people a little bit about um, period stuff. Hopefully you've learned today on Fright School Sex Education Yeah, edition. I'm just so tired of people being <laughs> grossed out by it. Honestly, yeah. I don't have time for that anymore. It's not, I mean, is it gross? Yeah, but so is taking a shit every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. We don't need to talk about uh, it. But at the same time, people it. talk about that more yeah. than they talk about bleeding. And honestly, it's well, like, you know, because, well, you know, to to quote a famous book, everybody poops. <laughs> but not, but not everybody bleeds. That not everybody bleeds. It's a, it's an extra yeah. special treat. That's, that, yeah, <laughs> reserved. Yeah. You're reserved. A reserved girl. for the greatest among us. Mm. Mm. Certainly earned it. Karma was paying off big yes. time. <laughs> you know, not only will you bleed every month, but you know you will make seventy five cents for every dollar a man makes. Mm. So promise. The, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the true curse. And, and that's further, if you're a you know, white uh, right. middle class American exactly. woman, right? Yes, because God forbid, you know, um, you're a you know black trans woman. Yeah. You know, then you're totally kept out of making money at all. You know, forced into other. Uh, things and then criminalized. Yay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, and it, I was just having this guy with the sex trafficking uh, thing at, at work. Uh, <laughs> educating. I'm educating people sometimes too. Mm. I'm like, uh, can we? <laughs> it's hard to compartmentalize right now. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, any other thoughts while watching the film that we that we didn't hit? I felt like we we definitely uh, no, we hit it. We we, we hit, hit a lot of different. Uh, Did you get things. enough commentary about the, the turtlenecks and? Uh, oh, that's true. That's right. I mean, I gotta love me. Uh, one, I love Mimi Rogers. I don't know how many times you mentioned it? Well, I should have just started ticking it off. Because like, as <laughs> someone who like runs hot, the idea of wearing a turtleneck and then a crew neck sweater over it, like a patterned gaudy crew neck mm-hmm. sweater over it. Um, you know, is just like, oh God, that sounds so restricting. But, you know, I mean, the commitment to a look, which just, you know, adds to, I was like, there's they're going to do something with this. And, you know, eventually when the mom is the one who's going to mastermind how they cover up the murder <laughs> is, you know, is basically, uh, um, is, is basically why it's just, you know, it's that like juxtaposition of everything. So, right. I do love that she, so she finds the fingers of the dead girl and she puts it in a Tupperware in, in the refrigerator for her daughters. Like, okay, this yeah. is their project. And then she, she appreciates, she realizes it's a real body and these are real fingers from a, de- a corpse. And she still brings them with her in the car to the party in case her daughters need it. Yeah. We're going to dispose of the body, but they might need these fingers. No, she's a great mom in the end. Like at first you kind of you're annoyed by her because you're seeing that juxtaposition of how like dark and creepy they are. And she's like, hello. It's like on South Park. Um, you know, the goth kids. Do you, do either of you ever watch? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the one's mother, it's the, the little girl's mother is like really sweet, nice. And even when she's screaming at her and calling her all these horrible names, she's like, all right, sweetheart. Like, gonna go, you're my little princess. And she's like, I'm a dark goth queen, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm nobody's princess mom. <laughs> like, you know, it's. You got like, your fingers in the fridge. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, but then in the end, it's like, hey, she's there for them. She's supportive. She's even down. Even though they're different. Yeah. She is totally down. Um, I will say, say this i'm not sure what this convention is um in in horror films like we need like a name for but there's always like that um well i guess it's sort of like not a mystic or like a seer but kind of like there's always like the drug dealer right so he's playing this role of like um i know all about this and you need 
um, not Wolfsbane, Monkshood. Uh, Monkshood, you know, like there's always like that figure, like the Frog Brothers and the Lost Boys, like we know everything about vampires. And so this is what we got to do. And you kind of have that here. I just wanted to comment a little bit on that, like that kind of character well, there role. Has to be, there always. has to be someone in, especially in creature, you know, yeah. in a creature film that who is. Who knows the mythos. Who knows the mythos, who is the um, the Van Helsing. You know, you're, you, you're looking yeah. for like a Van Helsing who's like, I know all about these people. Yeah, to get, I mean, because Bridget was doing her own research the other uninfected sister and because it's film you, you don't have privy to her like her point of view right. perspective her narrative so to get her to you know use the um to explain what she's learned she needs a narrative device and so talking to the drug dealer gives her a reason to give that exposition of what she's also learned yeah no totally and that c- figures into a lot of horror films there's always like that kind of character you know and you're right especially with like monster mythology or vampires or whatever I mean, it's, it's awfully with. convenient but at the same time yes. how, how else would we you know move along to the next point or the next beat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I just wanted to like bring that because it was just a note I made he was, was also like, oh, he s- sympathetic of- he was also you know like your just local pot shilling you know greenhouse employee yeah. yeah but who wasn't like he you know his interest in Bridget if any, you know, if it was, was genuine, there, was yeah. was genuine and, and innocent and not predatory at all. No, um, I did not. And feel creepy. That way. Well, I mean, predatory in the fact that he's probably you know twenty, <laughs> at or least, he's yeah. uh, he's older. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, but yeah. but he doesn't. I didn't feel like he ever tried to make a move on her or anything. Like, did he really? Well, I don't I'm think so. Think. It's veiled. Yeah, I just didn't feel like, you know, I mean, he is trying to be helpful. and Under different circumstances, I mean, I'm sure he would pr- try to seduce her, like, down the line. Yeah. I mean, she should be easy to pick off. She, weird girls, I mean, that's the thing that happens in reality is, like, yeah. sort of socially inept girls who don't have boyfriends in high school are easy prey for, like, older weird sickos to kind of, like, say, like, I'm 24 and I'll be your friend. And Right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very true. I like that meme that goes around where it's like, don't fall for that. Like, oh, you're so grown for your age. It's like, no, it's because the women his age know he's a fucking predator. And so he's yeah. like, coming after you. You know, or knows that he's you know worthless, and so he's go, going after younger women. But I just didn't get—I didn't really pick up on that, you know. And again, I'd have to watch. I, I definitely am going to rewatch this because it was really enjoyable. It was fun. Um, and again, I really do think I'm going to—we're going to do a wolf theme this year for um, for Gorefest. Uh, There's a lot of stylistic options from mm-hmm. this movie that you can pull into. You yeah. could just do some rogue bangs. Yeah. You could do the the cling on forehead. Yeah. Um, you could give yourself teats. That's another thing that was in the prosthetics of this film that I appreciated yeah. is as Ginger's great, body continued yeah. to develop right before the main transformation, yeah. she kind of opens up her, 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 her shirt. And while her nipples are still covered, you can see that she has now spr- sprouted, sprouted, yeah. sprouted <laughs> teats. Teats, yes, yes. Should she decide to have werewolf babies, she will be prepared. Well, to, the other werewolf that died, he mentioned that, he, that the, uh, the werewolf had an uncircumcised cock. That was what the... Mm. the drug dealer mentioned when he ran it over it was like a wolf but he noticed that it had a human uncircumcised cock and he was like oh this isn't normal yeah not not a normal thing that happens yeah well i again i i really kind of like this we've yet to do and we'll look as we continue on you know we'll do another werewolf movie that maybe plays more with some of the known conventions of werewolves of like the lunar you know you know when the full moon happens or like you know things like that or they transform and then they change back this didn't you know much like when we were talking about the wolfman you know it's not about like the lunar stuff you know it, he just kind of transforms you know 
which does. And this movie is kind of the same where it's like, do they come back then? Or they become this creature and then they're stuck? Because when he hit him by the the van, what I know about werewolves, I figure when he came around, it was going to be a human smashed there. Yeah, that who he transform, de- de-transform yeah, or whatever. But he yeah. didn't. Um, so I was kind of thinking about that. Like, is there, when they, if she would have injected her with the monk's hood, would she have reversed and changed back to a person? Because it seemed like some of the, like when she stabbed the, 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 uh, the jock boy. He still had some of the, the physical teeth, effects. Yeah. It didn't there. instantaneously vanish. No, it turned him in less, more, he just, the aggression was lost, you know, right. and like that part of it, but he still and had. Like not, you know, spoiler alert, but Ginger Snaps 2 Unleashed. Uh, which is a direct sequel to this film, does get into that a little bit. Okay. And and talks about what the monk's hood does and how that applies. And it follows uh, primarily Bridget after the effects of mm-hmm. this film and gets into a little bit more of the mythos of like this specific sort of brand of, okay. of werewolfery and, okay. and what's going on with that and answers some of the questions. Um, I remember that film being fine or okay. Um, I think I've only, I only actually saw Ginger Snaps 2 once. Okay. Um, it wasn't as engrossing to me um, because, I mean, a lot of the things that make this film great, just it was impossible for that to be in a sequel. Oh, okay. There's, I see. There's, you know, like Ginger's dead. Right. Um, and that relationship and who Bridget was in this film is not who Bridget is in the second one. She's gone through something. She's a different person now. Oh, she okay. has different people in her life. Hmm. And the But in Ginger Snaps back, the sort of, colonial prequel Catherine Isabel is back and it's the sisters again and, and that one I don't think it gets in as, into the you know how monkshood works but it's the same universe okay Definitely yeah I just like I think more. it's interesting I, li- I like movies that play with those kinds of tropes you know True Blood sort of did that too with their werewolves where it's kind of a little bit more of a willful change you know not controlled by the lunar eclipse or sometimes when they'd all get together and get rowdy it would like cause them all to change, you know, like uh, this hormonal, like just like an ecstasy, like they whip themselves up into like a fury of transformation. Um, so I was just kind of in watching this, we didn't really get that, you know, they didn't dive into the mythology of their werewolves, you know, and if they were going to change or turn back, whereas she's walking throughout the film, she's slowly, her fingernails stay and she's getting more teeth, sharpie teeth, uh, you know, um, I, I just I like that though. Yeah, I, I we don't we don't know if she'll go back to normal after she transforms yeah. or not, and if it's something that happens once a month or if it's something yeah. that stays permanent. Yeah, because it's kind of like the the beast in the beginning is running around killing everything, and seems like maybe it maybe it was stuck, you know, stuck in that that mode. So I, I just I thought that was kind of cool, and something I again I've I've seen a few werewolf movies, but like I said, I've not really sought them out. Um, I just see different mythology. So I, I actually kind of like the idea that you become something that you can't come back from, which kind of goes into the whole, again, wraps. fits into the menstrual analogy. Yeah, like which once is, you're an adult. Yeah. I mean, it's also goes back to the abfab thing. It's just like, oh, yeah. yeah, did she change into a werewolf permanently or is it monthly? The right. answer is yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, permanent. Yeah. Well, this was really fun. So I'm so glad that you brought this to us. This is a, a great film for, um, you know, sort of what we do here. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully if you missed it, because it seems like it wasn't a huge hit. It has pretty good ratings, uh, but budget wise. It didn't do well in the box yeah. office, but it had a big DVD resurgence. And yeah. that's why there are two sequels. I mean, the, the DVD life and rental life and purchase life of this film definitely gave it wings. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm glad it did because I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the sequels. I'm going to look them I'm up. I'm really glad you guys hadn't seen it because it, when I was thinking about movies to do on this one, if it hit me in the head like a ton of bricks. I was like, this is a film that 
I was I was obsessed with it. I know it, and um, it it fits so well, you know. So I was just glad it was an, still an option. Yay! I love it. Uh, Joe, any other thoughts? You gonna watch your back for werewolves tonight? Mm, well, you know, I'm I I did just start bleeding. So. Oh, did you? Yes. All right. Well, there we go. You better watch your back. <laughs> As always, one eye open. Um, all right. Well, again, thank you so much, Jay, for coming on and sharing uh, a little slice of your story. Um, as as fun and as exciting as it, <laughs> as it has for been, having me. you know, it's been fun um, for for all of us here. Um, all right. Well, Joe, I hope you sleep well. No dreams of horrible vampires or werewolves or zombies. Or your teeth falling out. Or bloody tampons. Mm, it's a bloody tampon. Right. You're going to have a nightmare of you in the shower being pelted with. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> All right. And thank you, dear listener. Make sure uh, come find us at uh, Midsummer Scream. It's coming up so fast. In fact, by the time this comes out, it might just be a week away. Who knows? Uh, so join us again. And soon. that's when August... Uh, 3rd and 4th. 3rd and 4th. And if you use code Fright School. You can get 20% off your ticket, so do it and come see us. <laughs> Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 